are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Michelle Jules Shaw, teacher, mom, and chairperson of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Jeremy, and hello to all of our listeners out there. This is episode 120 of Lighthearted, and this is May 23rd, 2021. In today's episode, we'll be traveling down the coast to Bald Head Island in North Carolina for a chat about the iconic lighthouse known as Old Baldy. Of course, I'm sometimes known as Old Baldy, too, but <laughs> <laughs> try not to get us confused. Uh, first, has anything interesting happened on this date in lighthouse history, Michelle? I'm glad you asked, Jeremy. On May 23, 1904, Toledo Harbor Lighthouse in Ohio first went into service. It's located where Mommy Bay meets Lake Erie, and it's a one-of-a-kind structure that has been described as Romanesque, a three-story, steel-framed, buff-colored brick building with a cylindrical tower. The Toledo Harbor Lighthouse Preservation Society is a nonprofit organization that works to preserve the lighthouse. Uh, yeah, they're in the middle of a major restoration right now. Uh, we had Sandy Ben, the president of the Toledo Harbor Lighthouse Preservation Society, as the guest in episode 75 of this podcast. Also, on May 23, 1910, the American actor Scatman Crothers was born in Terre Haute, Indiana. He's best remembered for his performances in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Shining. He once said, quote, We are all stars in this galaxy. All of us. No one's greater than the other. End quote. Scatman Crothers always made his movie roles into something memorable. He was, he was great. As I said before, in today's episode, we're heading down to North Carolina to talk with Abby Overton and Hunter Ingram of the Old Baldy Foundation. Bald Head, a barrier island situated at the mouth of the Cape Fear River, is home to one of North Carolina's three capes, Cape Fear. The name of Bald Head Island dates back to the days before there were any lighthouses in the vicinity, when mariners seeking the river would use the island itself as a navigational aid. The head of the island, which was at its highest point, was barren of vegetation, making it bald. On one side of Bald Head Island, the Cape Fear River empties into the Atlantic Ocean. On the other, treacherous sandbars known as the Frying Pan Shoals stretch to the south for about 30 miles into the ocean. Increasing maritime traffic into the growing port of Wilmington necessitated the construction of a harbor light to distinguish the mouth of the Cape Fear River. By 1789, the state of North Carolina began the construction of a lighthouse. That same year, the newly established federal government assumed responsibility for constructing the lighthouse. In 1793, the federal government contracted New Englander Abishai Woodward to finish the project. Woodward imported nearly 60,000 bricks and a wrought iron lantern from Philadelphia to complete the lighthouse in December 1794. The original lighthouse was soon threatened by erosion, and it was discontinued in 1813. A new 110-foot-tall lighthouse was completed in 1817, but it was soon realized that it wasn't bright or tall enough to guide vessels past the dangerous shoals. The light's function was limited to helping mariners enter the southern entrance to the Cape Fear River. The light was deactivated from 1861 to 1879. It was relit in 1880 and served to guide mariners into the Cape Fear River until it was decommissioned in 1935. 
A new lighthouse known as the Cape Fear Light was built on the island in 1903 to help mariners negotiate the frying pan shoals. Cape Fear Light remained active until 1958 when the Oak Island Lighthouse, the last one built in North Carolina, was brought online. Cape Fear Lighthouse has since been demolished, but Old Baldy remains standing as the oldest lighthouse in North Carolina. The Old Baldy Foundation is a nonprofit organization established for the preservation of Baldhead Lighthouse, best known as Old Baldy Lighthouse. The original keeper's house at the Old Baldy Light Station no longer stand, but a replica of a principal keeper's house serves as a historical museum for the island. Abby Overton has been the development and communications coordinator for the Old Baldy Foundation since 2017. She has led fundraising efforts and planned many special events, developed a membership program, created and edited a monthly newsletter, designed the organization's promotional materials, among many other accomplishments. She lives in Carolina Beach with her husband, Justin, and daughter, Anna. Old Baldy Foundation educator and historian Hunter Ingram graduated from East Carolina University in 2013 with a bachelor's in communication and media studies before coming to the Cape Fear region to write about local history and the North Carolina film industry for the Wilmington Star News. Hunter is a devoted storyteller and lifelong lover of history who is excited about sharing the centuries of stories that define Old Baldy and Baldhead Island. I spoke with Abby Overton and Hunter Ingram recently. Let's listen to that now. I'm speaking today with Abby Overton and Hunter Ingram of the Old Baldy Foundation in North Carolina. Thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Abby and Hunter. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. So obviously we're going to talk about the lighthouse and the Old Baldy Foundation, but I'd just like to start by talking a little bit about your backgrounds, if I could. Uh, Abby, I was reading, uh, I think it was on, maybe on LinkedIn or somewhere, I was reading online that you uh, have a degree from Westchester University in Pennsylvania that focused on piano performance and music history. I was very interested to read that. Is that something you're still involved with? Not so much since I graduated. Um, I was super honored to get to practice classical music at the collegiate and competitive level. But really, once I graduated, I was just ready to explore different areas and different places for my career. And somehow I stumbled into this world of lighthouses. So for now, I'm kind of taking a break from it. But I hope I can maybe get back into it sometimes. You still play, I hope. I do. The tough thing about um, being a pianist is it's not an instrument that I have. So I can't just play at home. And I do have a keyboard, but when you play classical music, you really need a piano. The keyboard doesn't suffice. So it's if I played something like the violin and I had one, you know, that might be easier. But um, I do still, I mean, playing piano will always be in my bones. I'm sure. I only took three years of piano lessons as, as a kid. And I, uh, you know, I, I wish I took more. It's a wonderful instrument. You know, I hear that from so many people that when they hear about my background of piano, that that's what they say. I wish, I always wish I knew how. And it really, um, I found it served me in all aspects of my life. It's just such a unique instrument to play and it challenges you in so many different ways. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that I was able to study it to the level I did. So what led you to the Old Baldy Foundation? landed at the Old Baldy Foundation after lots of twists and turns. Um, after I graduated from college, I'd spent a little bit of time traveling really all over the United States, spent some time on the West Coast. I spent some time in Colorado and it's just working at different jobs. And um, I ended up in North Carolina 
And I had a friend who um, had worked on Bald Head Island. So I became familiar with the island and on Bald Head Island. And we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in depth, some of the unique things about the island. So when this job became available, my familiarity made me a qualified candidate for it. And it was really more backgrounds and planning events and marketing and different things like that, that led me to it. And it's been really an honor to get to use these skills and background, but for such a unique foundation and in the world of lighthouse preservation. Well, it sounds like it was a, a perfect match there. So Hunter, uh, you graduated from East Carolina University in Greenville, and I was looking on Google Maps, and I figured that's a bit more than 100 miles from Cape Fear. Uh, so what brought you to the Cape Fear region and the Old Baldy Foundation? Well, you know, it doesn't feel like 100 miles. It, it is about two hours, but I, uh, I graduated in 2013. Uh, I actually have a degree in, in communications and and film history as it is. And uh, I got my start here in the area working for the local newspaper. Uh, I was hired uh, just a little bit out of college, a few months, and I was hired to cover the North Carolina film industry. And then eventually I started covering our wealth of local history here in the Cape Fear region. I've always loved history and the paper really gave me a chance to kind of explore what I loved about history and, and the storytelling aspect of it and the educational part of it. And I uh, actually started a podcast with the paper and uh, did a bunch of things, a bunch of events and tours that really prepared me for this job with the foundation doing uh, so much with the public and coming over and being able to talk about the lighthouse. And so my first entrance into the area was through the newspaper in Wilmington, uh, but that led me out here to, to the island and the lighthouse. That sounds like another great match there. So both of you, I think, are lucky to have the foundation and they're lucky to have you, it sounds like. So Hunter, I'd like to talk a, a little bit about the history of the island itself. We'll talk about the lighthouse in a minute. But I was I was reading you know, about the history of the island, and certainly there's some interesting Native American history there. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, what I think is interesting about it is what we don't know about the Native American history here in the area. And you'll see that in a lot of this region's history where there just isn't much known about specific uh, communities that would have been seen here in the area. And so there's not much we know about the Native American presence on the island. There was an archaeological study done in 1986 that found some pieces that definitely showed some remnants of a presence of Native Americans here on the island. But the the real, you know, conception and, and, and perception of, of what we think was on the island, it wasn't any type of, you know, permanent community or where they would have lived. Uh, they would have used it as more of a retreat, kind of uh, a place they came to hunt or they used it uh, to fish. And so they came over uh, on boats, but they would have kept their communities and their families uh, almost certainly on the mainland. But there's still so much to learn. And the pieces that were found during that archaeological study uh, are in the state archives in Raleigh. And we're still just hoping to get a good substantial amount of time to go up there and study those. And, and I think there's a lot of places in North Carolina that have, you know, pieces, you know, not full understandings of their Native American history that are waiting for those opportunities to kind of understand what their land and what their site and what their um, place in the state and the region uh, 
meant during that time period before we start seeing written history and and uh, a developmental history. Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused about the actual name of the island. It's referred to as Baldhead Island a lot, but uh, also Smith Island. Uh, what is the proper name, and why does it seem to have two names? It's both of them in a way. Uh, Baldhead is the is the main island that Abby and I we have the foundation that we work on, but Smith Island is actually a complex of islands. On older maps, you'll see kind of Smith Island as a big chunk of land. But when you really get down to a granular looking at the terrain, uh, a lot of it is marsh. A lot of it is salt marsh. And instead, there's a complex of three islands here. Uh, you have Bald Head, which is the southernmost of those islands. And it's the largest one. It also has the lighthouse and the former lighthouses on it that we'll talk about. But then you also have Middle Island, which is only partially developed with about two dozen homes. And then north of that, you have a small island called Bluff Island, which is completely undeveloped. And so Smith Island is technically the the larger complex because it was all that was bought by the Smith family in 1713, which is where it gets its name. But uh, Bald Head is, uh, is definitely what people refer to as the whole area. But Bald Head proper would be that southernmost island that is uh, the most populated, uh, the most visited and definitely the um, the namesake of, of the area. Okay, I think I've got it. I'm hoping there won't be a quiz, but I think I've I think I've got it straight now. When you're when you're here on the island and you look at a map, you can you can definitely see it. So I would encourage you and 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 all your listeners to come visit because that's one thing we talk about on the tours, where you you kind of uh, can see the the delineation between just land and actual terrain. And you see a lot of the salt marsh uh, that's been preserved and, and kind of makes up the whole complex. And so uh, it's a really interesting piece of land. And you're correct that there is a lot of people who get kind of, you're not necessarily confused or maybe some confusion, but they also are just kind of intrigued why the old Baldy Lighthouse and then we have the Smith Island Museum of History. And it's because we tell the, the story of all of it. So much of this plays into the story and the development of the area. And so that's why we, we still stick with both names, even though the, the island that we're on most, uh, most frequently and the one that people are most likely to visit is going to be Bald Head. So uh, moving on to the, the lighthouse, you know, I've been reading about the history of it, and uh, it's a little convoluted. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute uh, with the other lighthouses that have been around there. And it seems like the importance of Old Baldy Lighthouse itself kind of ebbed and waned during its history. Apparently, it turned out not to really be the ideal location to guide maritime traffic through that area. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, Abby can absolutely attest to this, but we love Old Baldy, and it is absolutely beloved in this area. Uh, and people love it when they come visit it. People will come out to this island just to go visit Old Baldy and then get back on the ferry and go home. But in its heyday, when it was actually in service, it was often described as being kind of inadequate for the purpose that mariners really hoped it would be, you know, they, they wanted it to play a more substantial, more helpful role. And it is the second lighthouse on the island. Uh, it moves uh, just a little ways inland uh, because of erosion issues and, and other issues that kind of sealed the fate of the first lighthouse built in the 1790s. And Old Baldy is built very close to the river. 
and ends up being seen more as a harbor light, as a welcoming kind of guide to the mouth of the Cape Fear River. But when you're thinking about the island and what a lighthouse and a navigational aid would do for mariners you know, in the 17, 1800s, and even into the 1900s, you really want to protect them and, and warn them of the dangers of frying pan shoals, which is on the eastern side of the island. And Old Baldy just wasn't bright enough to do that, especially being on the other side of the island, closer to the river. And so over time, it is described as, as inadequate for that purpose of really warning people against the dangers of frying pan shoals, which stretch more than 30 miles off of our coast and have kind of plagued maritime travel in this area for centuries now. And that's why you see the development of a third lighthouse closer to that uh, eastern part of the island to really help warn against frying pan shoals specifically whereas Old Baldy was seen as serving more traffic in the river. The history of those three lighthouses is really kind of intertwined. Maybe you could say a little bit more about that? Oh, absolutely. You know, we talk about all three of them, primarily the the original lighthouse on the island, the Old Baldy Lighthouse, and then the Cape Fear Lighthouse. The Oak Island Lighthouse uh, is built in 1958 and is the last lighthouse built in North Carolina. And it does kind of follow in step with the other lighthouses on Bald Head to continuously punch up what all of these lighthouses can do in terms of their service to mariners and how bright they shine and how far they shine. And so the Cape Fear Lighthouse follows after Old Baldy. Old Baldy is built in 1817. The Cape Fear Lighthouse is built and comes online in 1903. And it is a lot different than Old Baldy. Uh, Old Baldy is a brick structure uh, covered in stucco. The Cape Fear Lighthouse was a metal structure that we equate to kind of looking like a cell tower today, kind of a skeletal design. And it was 150 feet tall. So it was substantially taller than Old Baldy, which was a criticism of Old Baldy that it wasn't tall enough to get its light out to mariners on the ocean because it was only other side of the river, and it, it's only um, about 110 feet tall. And the Cape Fear Lighthouse, it also has a brighter light. It had a Fresnel lens, a first order Fresnel lens. And so it shined from its place. It could be seen uh, 18 miles off of the coast of Baldhead Island. And so it really was powerful for that purpose. And so once it came online, mariners finally had this, this really useful tool for navigating around frying pan shoals. Uh, unfortunately, frying pan shoals does extend 30 miles, so there's still a danger. And, and so that's why there's, there's a constant need to, to go bigger and brighter uh, in this area. And so Old Baldy, Old Baldy and uh, the Cape Fear Lighthouse, they coexist for about 30 years. Old Baldy is decommissioned uh, finally in 1935. But until then, the, the two lighthouses kind of worked in tandem. When I take people on tours of the island, I like to tell them that it's a push and a pull. You would know to stay away from the Cape Fear lighthouse. And I tell, always tell kids that it, you know, it's, it's the skeletal one, so it's kind of scary. You stay away from the Cape Fear lighthouse because it's meant to warn you of frying pan shoals. 
but you go toward Old Baldy once you've bypassed Frying Pan Shoals because that is signaling the entrance of the river and, and the harbor that most boats who are seeking to get into the Cape Fear River, uh, that's, their, that's their welcome sign. And so you're right, they are very much intertwined. The Cape Fear Lighthouse stays online and, and shining from 1935 after Old Baldy is uh, decommissioned all the way to 1958 when it is uh, finally extinguished and replaced by the Oak Island Lighthouse that year. And so it's, uh, it is it is an intertwined history, but it, it all kind of shows the progression. What was needed to protect people from the natural dangers of this island? The first lighthouses start near the river, and the last lighthouse built on the island is closer to the ocean. And that's because they start seeing the need to really protect against frying pan shoals. Uh, and then, so that's why we get the, the Cape Fear Lighthouse and, and the Oak Island Lighthouse uh, is even taller and uh, serves uh, served that same purpose and still shines today. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think it was just in the news recently, they got a new uh, rotating uh, LED light, which is like the latest thing in, uh, in LEDs just like a month or two ago. So that was kind of exciting. They did. They got it at the very beginning of the year and I got the chance to go up there and see it and uh, took a picture of it and stared just a little too long into the light my phone Uh-oh. got a bit of a headache, but it is serving its purpose and it's run by the Coast Guard now. So uh, it's uh, it's still a welcome sight. People always like seeing uh, uh, the flashing pattern. So uh, Cape Fear Lighthouse was replaced by the Oak Island Lighthouse. And what physically happened to the Cape Fear Lighthouse? Was it just like sold for scrap or something like that? Was It was, I guess, dismantled right, right after that? It was demolished. Uh, they used dynamite to tear it down, and and the re and, and the reason we have some incredible kind of time lapse photos of it, of it kind of crumbling. It, it kind of falls to the side, and so uh, if you guys are out here and, and visiting the lighthouse, you can see some of those. They're also available online. It was a pretty dramatic end for a, a very tall, very useful lighthouse, and the reason that it was done away with was really maintenance, uh, metal corrodes really, really fast. And uh, it, it has a lot of issues. There were issues that kind of plagued the lighthouse uh, constantly throughout its life. And by 1958, they kind of saw a more financially sound and easier to manage kind of light at the end of the tunnel in putting a lighthouse on Oak Island, which is, is a little more accessible. And also it is a more traditional structure. It's not made of metal. And so that is, that's kind of why the Cape Fear Lighthouse did meet its fate, but it, it went out in style and the, and the stories that go with it will say that they, uh, it, it took more than one stick of dynamite to, to get it to budge. Speaking of the, the human history of Old Baldy Lighthouse, uh, I was reading about the first keeper who had the, the great name of Sedgwick Springs. I think that's one of the best. Right. It's so good. Yeah, it's one of the best names I've ever ever seen. It sounds like a, a fictional name, like from, uh, I don't know, Dickens or something. But uh, he kept the position for 30 years. Uh, what else was notable about Sedgwick Springs? Sedgwick was a very interesting man, and he had a very, very prominent distinction of being the only keeper of both the original lighthouse and Old Baldy. He starts his tenure at the original lighthouse on the island. Uh, it was built in 1794. He takes over in 1807. He actually takes over for the first keeper of that lighthouse who actually dies in a hunting accident on the island. His name was Henry Long. 
And uh, Henry's wife, Rebecca, actually wanted to become the keeper of the original lighthouse and had the support of the the region. Uh, obviously, she had been living on the island with Henry, taking care of the lighthouse. She knew how to do it. She was ready to step up and be the official keeper. Unfortunately, the pleas from the uh, the area's residents to have her be officially instated as the keeper were not uh, accepted by President Thomas Jefferson, who at the time said that appointing a woman to the position of keeper was too innovative uh, for the public to kind of handle. And so the alternate or the, the alternative person that they put up as the potential keeper of that lighthouse was Sedwick Springs. And, uh, and he serves it until that lighthouse is taken down in 1813 um, for, as I mentioned, a variety of reasons. Uh, erosion is, is thought to be one of them. Um, you know, political disputes, all these things that could have fed into the end of the first lighthouse. But Sedwick holds on and he ends up becoming the first keeper of Old Baldy when it is completed and lit starting in, um, it completed in 1817 and, and certainly lit by 1818. And you're right, he's out here for, for, for 20 years. Uh, he serves quite the tenure. Uh, he was a Revolutionary War veteran. Uh, he was a blacksmith. And he was an old man. And, and not to say that 61 is old, but you know, in the early 1800s, 61 was a pretty advanced age, especially for someone who's doing such a laborious job as uh, a lighthouse keeper, because he was having to walk up the steps of the lighthouse multiple times a day. I do it once a day and my legs still don't like me for it. And so, and so I did it the other day, a couple times a day. And, and you really feel for the people who were out here taking care of these lights. And he was 61 when, when old Baldy was, when it came online and he stays out here again for almost 20 full years. And eventually it becomes a real problem his age and being able to keep up with all of the things that, that needed to be done. And so he actually dies uh, in 1837 after serving this region for, for 30 some years of, uh, of lighthouse keeper duty uh, and, and pretty incredible tenure for someone uh, that already had served from some reports in um, under Washington and Valley Forge and all of these things. And so he's got a pretty colorful life uh, that was really defined by his service to not one, but two of Bald Head Island's lighthouses. Uh, thank you for that interesting uh, history of uh, Mr. Springs. And thank you also for saying 61 is not old. I'm a little bit more than that. So I'm really glad you said that isn't old. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't want to offend anyone because it's not. Well, we have to remember life expectancy at that point was um, a lot lower than it is today. And so 61, and he served for 20 more years. So he was uh, he was in his 80s by the time he ends up, you know, passing away. And uh, that is a that that's that's an advanced age to be doing a very active job. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing to me when you hear about these keepers, like one of our local keepers here at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, which is right near me in, in New Hampshire here. Uh, Joshua Card was keeper for 35 years until he was 86 years old. That's the exception to the rule, but there were, I've even read about keepers uh, who were still uh, doing the job into well into their 90s. It's uh, amazing, but there are some cases like that. So is there anything else that sticks out for you about the history of the keepers and families there, uh, just any of the keepers uh, over the years? The longest serving keeper of Old Baldy uh, is actually 
a man named James Henry Dozier, but he's known as Sonny Dozier. He serves Old Baldy for 31 years and uh, has a very kind of intimate tie to this area and its navigation and its uh, river piloting. He had family members that were part of the Cape Fear Lifesaving Station and, and river pilots. And so he had a, a lot of ties to the area and and certainly made his name being the keeper for Old Baldy. And uh, and yeah, obviously the the defining keeper in, in so many minds for this island defining lighthouse keeper was uh, Charles Norton Swan, known as Captain Charlie, who was uh, the 30-year keeper of the Cape Fear Lighthouse on the other side of the island that we just discussed. He starts serving it in 1903 and ends, ends up serving it until 1933 when he uh, retires over to uh, to Southport in the Oak Island area. And he was a very colorful man. He's He's a big personality that even though he's long gone, has remained on the island. We have the original Keeper's Cottages that were serving the Cape Fear Lighthouse where Captain Charlie and his assistants and eventually the other keepers would live with their families. Those are still standing on the island and are now very sought after rental properties. And so they are all named Captain Charlie's and that whole area around the the base of the lighthouse, which you can still visit. It's just the kind of the, the pilings that are there. Uh, is known as Captain Charlie's Station. And so he has quite the legacy on the island, but not even for uh, being the keeper of Old Baldy, but for being the keeper of the Cape Fear Lighthouse. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I've known about Captain Charlie Station for a long time. That's a familiar name. You mentioned before the lighthouse tower, Old Baldy, is brick covered with stucco. And uh, I, I understand there was a lot of patching. You can see the patchwork on the tower. That's why it has that look because of the patching to the stucco. But correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding it was decided to keep that patchwork look instead of maybe repairing the stucco or painting over it. Am I correct about that? Well, you know, originally the lighthouse was for a time when it was first built black to distinguish from other uh, lighthouses in the area. It becomes white uh, sometime uh, in, you know, at least before 1935 when it's decommissioned. And it would have been whitewashed to make sure it was bright white. But over time, there the government holds on to it until the 1960s. They would have, you know, done some repairs here and there. But over time, it's just going to be patchwork repairs. It's not going to be a constant whitewash. And so, uh, certainly over those decades, and when it sold off in the 1960s as as surplus to to a gentleman who owned the island at the time named Frank Sherrill. It is uh, getting that patchwork design, and now it's a, a, a distinguishing feature of Old Baldy. You know, people see it as a patchwork. Some people like to refer to it as camouflage, and the reason for that is over time there would have been people who would have come through, done the patchwork, but all of them would have used different recipes for the mixture of the stucco, and so some of them might be one color, some of them might be this color, and so uh, it does give it that that camouflage, that patchwork design that really does make it stand out uh, among the the North Carolina lighthouses that are still standing. So is it like, uh, is there some sort of coating to retain that look or something like that? Do you know? No, it's just the stucco. Um, I don't don't think there's any coating. Uh, I've never done any of the repairs myself, and I don't want to misrepresent the work of the people who have. They do have to do still repairs. Uh, they did repairs, I think, most recently in 2017 
before my time here uh, in conjunction with its 200th anniversary. But there is um, the stucco is just it's there. I don't, I don't know of a, a coating or specifically that's that's keeping it there. The stucco kind of holds for itself. Sure. Okay. Uh, another, you mentioned that being a, a distinctive part of its appearance, but another one of the really unusual things is the fact that the lantern at the top of the tower is not centered. Every other lighthouse I can think of that I think I've ever seen has a, a lantern that's centered on top of the tower. The one at Old Baldy is off to one side, and that certainly makes it very distinctive. Do you know why they built it like that? Well, they didn't build it like that, but they did replace the original lantern house there uh, with something that was smaller. So originally, it would have had one that that extended over the the entire top of it. Uh, it was and it stayed there through much of the 1800s. But there's a period after the Civil War where Old Baldy is not used. It's it's been extinguished. It was it was extinguished during the or right at the beginning of the Civil War uh, when the Confederacy was really taking hold in the area and it remained pretty much off except for a few uses by the confederacy uh, with their presence of fort Holmes on the island during the war it remains off until 1880 and by then there's been a lot of neglect and the the lantern house has certainly corroded and rusted and so they tried to find a new one Uh, they end up putting a used one on it but it's much smaller and unfortunately they could not center it and also cover the hatch that allowed the keepers to get up to the top. And so that is why the lantern is, uh, the lantern house is offset at the top because it's now covering the hatch and not uh, sitting directly in the center. Ah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much for, for clarifying that. Yeah. It gives it more character. Uh, it does. It does. The, between the, the stucco and the offset lantern, it's a very, very unique lighthouse. Abby, I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you here. I hope you're still there. So I'd like to ask you this question. I'm sure some of our listeners have been there, others haven't been, but how do people get to Baldhead Island? Only by boat. There is no bridge, no way to just drive on over. So you have to um, come visit us by taking a ferry ride. Um, And the ferry leaves out of Southport, North Carolina. It's about a um, 20 to 25 minute ride over. Um, Of course, private boats can get over as well, but there is no way to just drive and park in a parking lot and come visit us. So it really, um, in my opinion, adds to the entire experience of coming to visit. Um, You're sitting on the ferry and, um, you know, once you're getting a little bit closer, one of the first things you see on the boat is Old Baldy. You know, you see the land in the background, but you having that lighthouse right there, it's um, really adds to the trip. Oh, I'm sure it does. And I understand no cars are allowed on the island. So I guess the ferry is passengers only. But once you get on the island, how do people get around there? Yep, that is correct. No cars. So you have to park your car at the ferry lot and um, just walk on the ferry. People get around in golf carts. Um, You are able to rent one for the day if you're just coming to visit us. You are, um, we're an easy walking distance from the ferry as well. But it really adds to the richness and uniqueness of not only Baldhead Island, but just a visit to Old Baldy that very few places are there no cars. Um, You will see some vehicles on the island, but they're only by permit for construction and food delivery and um, things of that sort. But it really just gives it a unique niche experience. Um, And the main, you know, the main reason is just to protect the environment. It's a barrier island with a lot of 
maritime forest. And um, if we did pave roads for vehicles, it would really take away a lot of that. So um, it's really kind of a, a treasure that it's only golf cart accessible. It reminds me a bit of uh, Monhegan Island, uh, not too far from here in Maine, a uh, very popular island where there's no cars allowed on the island. It's all dirt roads. And uh, the only um, motor vehicles you see are like pickup trucks or, you know, contractors, things like that. There are no golf carts there, though. And uh, I think the uh, the idea of golf carts to get around on a, a bald head is a, is a great, fun, fun thing. I'd like to experience that. It's pretty fun. Um, and the, you know, the tours Hunter gives, you get to ride on the golf cart with him. So it really, um, it's a unique experience. How difficult is it for people to get to the light station once they uh, get off the ferry there? It's really not difficult at all. We are, um, I would say less than a five minute walk. So it's very accessible to come visit us and not even deal with renting a golf cart. You can just walk on over, visit us, experience our lighthouse and walk back to the ferry. I always recommend if you have the time um, and you're interested, rent the golf cart and take a little longer and explore the island. Just it's such a really, truly beautiful place. But to actually get to us from where the ferry lands, it's not difficult at all. Okay. And when people visit the light station itself, what else is there for people to do? Obviously, they they visit the lighthouse. Um, What else is there for people to do when they're there? Yeah, absolutely. We have, I think we have a really nice experience for people. And I, I'm, it's technically not part of what we offer, but I really truly think even the boat ride over is part of the full experience. Um, and I think that's a unique part to visiting Old Baldy. But once you get to our campus, um, you check in at our keeper's cottage, which is not original. It um, was built in 2000. Um, and we have a small museum. So you get to visit our museum that really, it's a small, it's a small building, but it, it encompasses quite a bit. Um, we have over four centuries of history, much of which you heard Hunter speaking about. Um, so you get to view that, obviously climb the lighthouse, you're able to climb all the way up to the lantern room. It's um, stunning 360 degree views of the island. You get to see the ocean, the salt marsh, um, the maritime forest. It's a really really worth the climb. Um, We have a small oil house that has a little exhibit in it as well. And just walking around our campus and taking in all the history that was once there. So when people visit there, do they, they also get to climb the lighthouse? Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. That's really the main attraction. Um, You can walk in and climb all the way to the top. Our lighthouse is 110 feet. And the nice thing about our lighthouse, specifically for people who might be a little intimidated or don't love the heights, uh, we have landings. So it's almost just like going up a few different flights of stairs. So you're not going to be at the very top looking all the way down. Um, so it's really, we kind of like to joke around and say it's kind of approachable um, for people who are a little more trepidatious about the climb. Well, and I also say that uh, when we tell people or when people come in and they are, as Abby said, kind of maybe a little squeamish about trying it, uh, being able to tell them that there's landings, I think actually frees them up a little bit to give it a try. We have a lot of people who will be like, you know what, I'll give it a try. We had a lady uh, yesterday that I gave a tour to who wasn't really sure about it and, and did a few of the landings. And we have some windows that you can look out if you don't go all the way to the top. But she got to about the third landing and she was like, this is wonderful. 
but I'm starting to feel my knees wobble a little bit. And so I'm going to come back down. And so uh, Abby is absolutely correct. It is definitely approachable and accessible, even to people who don't want to go all the way to the top uh, and uh, have to look all the way down from the outside. Well, I've climbed a, a number of really tall lighthouses, and I'm always thankful when there's landings. And some of them even have benches or seats, which is really nice. And some of them have exhibits at the landings that you can look at. You can pretend you're reading the exhibit while you're catching your breath, you know. But are, are there any exhibits inside the tower there? We have a few at the base, but not as you go up. That could be maybe in our 10 or 20 year plan, but not currently. Sure. So how has your organization been affected by the pandemic for the past uh, year or so? Are, are things getting back to normal now? We're we're starting to get back to normal. Um, like many, many organizations, I'm sure we were impacted pretty dramatically. Um, we were closed down from, it was mid-March at some point where in North Carolina they were requiring um, museums, which we fall under, to close down. And we did not open up till after Labor Day. Um, and again, I'm sure like many lighthouses, the summer season for us is just our bread and butter. I'd say we do maybe about 70% of our business in those months. And being shut down for all that time was just had a huge impact. Um, we were extremely lucky that we were able to keep all of our staff employed um, through PPP loans and different measures. So we feel very fortunate that we were able to keep doing that. And because we were able to do that, really opened this new opportunity for us that we had never had, where we were able to delve into just this new world of virtual learning, more time to be mission-based than just sometimes in the summer. It's all hands on deck for operations and some opportunities for education can fall to the wayside. Um, so it really, even though it was a horrible experience for the entire world, um, it did allow, we were able to find some silver linings. Um, if you go, we have a YouTube channel. It can be found um, if you just go to our website, which is oldbaldy.org. We have just a whole archive now of virtual lessons that um, have been a really great resource and just dive into some uh, a bunch of what Hunter was speaking about. And things are starting to get back to normal this year. We have, um, we always shut down in January and February just because where we are is so seasonal and it's a great time for a little refresh, but we've been able to open for the spring and things are really getting back to normal. There's less restrictions on us and we're able to we're still very focused on the safety of all of our guests, of course, and making sure um, people who visit us have a good yet safe experience. But over Easter, we saw some great traffic and things really, especially I've been with the organization since 2017, and they sort of feel back to normal. We're seeing the crowds, we're feeling the energy. So we're extremely grateful for that. Yeah, that's really good news. So do you have uh, special events and programs and or programs related to the Lighthouse? We have tons. Yeah, that is a big part of what our organization does, especially in sort of this high season we're speaking about. We have we offer different programming. Um, Hunter gives a really fantastic historic tour. We have a large golf cart that he takes you all around the island. Um, we do different historic happy hours, we call them, where people come and we invite lots of guest speakers and just not necessarily just talk about the history of Old Baldy, but the history of really the Cape Fear region and the maritime history of the area. So we try for many of these events to really um, 
make it just a fun way to educate people to bring history to the families and the people that are staying here. We also do quite a lot of just events that foster the community around Old Baldy. Old Baldy has this amazing history, which we've heard about um, from Hunter early in the podcast, but what it really stands for today has become this place that people gather on Baldhead Island. And it sort of encompasses these four centuries of history where people now just come together and love Baldhead Island. It's become this iconic, beloved place. So a lot of the events that we host just foster that and foster the community. I'll tell you, when I when I come to visit, I'm doing that golf cart ride with Hunter. Put me down for that. I will absolutely do it. We have a great time when we do it because we take you around the whole island. Uh, you know, one thing that, that I think Abby alluded to is Old Baldy has really become the icon of the island. Um, it is seen in, in logos for all different kinds of organizations and businesses uh, on the island in the area. And so this really does attract a lot of people. And, and, and one thing we get is a lot of day trippers who take the ferry over just to learn about the history of the island through the lens of the lighthouse. And so that's what we do on the tours. I, you know, if you come over for the day, I pick you up from the ferry and we start our tour there and we talk about the development of not only the island, but the region. And then we go through chronologically the development of, of Old Baldy and the, the island and uh, its, its history with the Revolutionary and the Civil War, its history with the Cape Fear Lifesaving Station and our multiple lighthouses. And so it's a really all-encompassing tour for people who might not have that opportunity to uh, get a golf cart and go do it themselves. And then everybody who takes the tour gets to climb the lighthouse. And so it's a great way to not only learn about the history of the island, but but get to see the island for yourself. And so uh, you just tell me when you're coming and I'll give you a tour. I will. I'll definitely give you a heads up. I like the phrase you just used, looking at the island through the lens of the lighthouse. It could kind of have a double meaning there, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Abby's correct that uh, it is a real meeting place for people. Uh, it's not only near; it's it's just right across the, the the little street from the post office and the village hall, but it's also right next door to uh, the island's chapel. And so you see a lot of weddings. Uh, we host weddings and and all kinds of things that um, I think Abby is is right on the money that uh, we are very much a meeting place for the island. And either of you can answer this. You've, you've talked about a few things, but is there anything else we haven't mentioned uh, on Baldhead Island, like an attraction that people should see when they go there? I personally, I think the biggest attraction of Baldhead Island is that there's not millions of things to do. It's this, just the serene atmosphere and beauty of it that when you come over, you can really just sort of take a pause. Um, there certainly are other activities, um, you can rent bikes, you can rent kayaks, you can fish in the creek, go to the beach. There's a, another wonderful organization, the Baltic Island Conservancy, and they really um, foster and protect the environment out here. And they have lots of different exhibits and classes people can take. And that is actually located where Hunter was referring to the um, pilings of the Cape Fear light station near the Captain Charlie station. Um, it's down on the other end of the island. So there's certainly things to do when you come restaurants and shops. Um, but really, to me, um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but for me, the beauty of the island has just been um, the serenity it brings. 
Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty attractive to me. So I have one final question. This is for both of you. And uh, of course, this is for bonus points. So I want you to put your thinking caps on for this. So what is your favorite thing about the work you do with the Old Baldy Foundation and the Lighthouse? And you can uh, fight amongst yourselves for who's going to take the question first. Well, um, Hunter, if it's okay with you, I'll start. Okay. So naturally, the um, you know the day-to-day tasks I do, I enjoy because I enjoy my line of work. But really, the best parts about it are just, well, for one, where we work. We're so lucky we can take a boat as our commute. We're not driving in traffic. Um, it And just being in such a beautiful place is a really lucky thing to get to have for your office. But what I've enjoyed over the few years that I have worked with Old Baldy, especially coming from my perspective where I didn't come in as a historian or somebody with a um, rich background in lighthouses, I came in from having a different perspective. And just getting to see and witness um, how a lighthouse and the history of a lighthouse affects different people and the many different reasons people come and visit us and just what they learn and take away from it, whether it's a student on a field trip who's never been to an island before, or we have a heritage tourist who's seen all the lighthouses on the East Coast over the summer, or just a vacationer who's you're here to have a nice beach week and you know you have to see old baldy if you're on baldy island just the vast amount of people that come and visit us and just getting to see how old baldy affects them and what they learn from it has really um been enriching for me sure okay hunter your turn well i concur with all of that but i'll, I'll add that you know the one thing i'm really appreciative of in this position and uh, with the work of the foundation is I think we can all see that a lot of history has been taken down. Uh, just look at the the first and the third lighthouses on this island. They, they aren't standing anymore. And I think that in an alternate you know universe, Old Baldy might have been demolished when it was decommissioned. And so I'm just really grateful that we not only have it still standing, but we have the foundation here to help preserve it and to give myself and the people who come for events and all of our staff, the opportunity to help educate uh, people about it, because there is such a hunger to understand history and there's such a hunger to get to interact with it. And Old Baldy is such a unique way to do it because it not only, as I said earlier, you really do get to see this island and this region's history through the lens of Old Baldy because we are at the entrance of this region here on the Cape Fear. And so it's just, I love interacting with people with history in person. You know, these tours that we do and the events that Abby was talking about, there's such really important ways to have fun conversations, important conversations. And I'm just really grateful that we have Old Baldy still standing because I think that uh, it could have gone the way of other lighthouses. I, I don't know all of the the conversations that happened over the years, but I think we are all grateful. Uh, every person that comes and visits uh, myself and Abby and everyone here, I think we're all grateful that it's still standing and we get to work with it and do fun things with it and get to continue to share its story because it's uh, it's got a heck of a story trying to encapsulate 400 years of history for this island and this lighthouse, uh, about 200 years, about half that is a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun work. So I, I think I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, beautifully said, 
by both of you. Uh, so, uh, Abby Overton and Hunter Ingram of the Old Baldy Foundation, North Carolina, I, I want to thank you both so much. And, you know, the, the love you have for the place is very apparent for both of you. And uh, it's a very iconic lighthouse. It sounds like an amazing place. I can't wait to visit myself. And I promise I'm going to do that in the not too distant future. So, again, Abby and Hunter, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a true pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. And I will see you soon on that tour. Thanks again to Abby Overton and Hunter Ingram for being our guests today. Check out oldbaldy.org for more information on the Old Baldy Foundation. I want to mention a couple of things before we sign off for today. First, for anyone in or near the New York City area, the National Lighthouse Museum on Staten Island has a number of events coming up, including several boat tours to view lighthouses in that area. Go to lighthousemuseum.org to find out more about that. There are also some special things happening with our favorite lighthouse, Michelle. That's right, there certainly is. This is the 250th anniversary of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle, New Hampshire, which is cared for by the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. We're starting this year's guided tours by advanced reservation on the same day this podcast episode will be released, Sunday, May 23rd. Also, on Sunday, June 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we're having a special Zoom event celebrating the 250th anniversary. There's information on our website at PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. Right, and we're also getting into the final week of a Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse art contest for the 250th anniversary, open until May 31st for five age categories from kindergarten to adult. Information about that is also on our website. Again, that's PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. And we're about to release a special 250th anniversary edition of uh, the little book I've written on the history of the lighthouse that'll be uh, available very soon. So this is a pretty exciting year, Michelle. It really is. Um, I'm excited to get back to the lighthouse and welcome guests again for tours, you know, the scheduled tours that we'll be doing. And I'm really excited about the anniversary of the lighthouse. I think it's gonna be a great event on June 6th and I hope to see a lot of people on there that listen to the podcast oh that'd be cool yeah yeah, yeah there aren't there aren't too many lighthouses that get to celebrate a 250th anniversary so correct uh, yeah yes. we're we're lucky that way it's a great great place that you and i love very absolutely much. yeah so as always thanks to everyone with the u.s lighthouse society check out uslhs.org to learn all about the tours preservation grants and all the other things the society offers And remember that all donations to the U.S. Lighthouse Society support this podcast and all the Society's preservation and education projects. If you listen using Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. And as always, thanks so much for listening and keep a good light. Let it shine, let it shine